For 25 years, Christ Faith Tabernacle has spread across the globe, empowering the saints for the season of the Lord's return. This season has arrived. Join Apostle Alfred and Reverend Pierre Williams in this year of God's glory as we celebrate the Christ Faith Tabernacle 25th year jubilee from the 23rd of February to the 1st of March. Our name shall be great. Nation will come out of us. The Lord has blessed us and nobody can revoke it. Be empowered alongside ministers from across the globe to walk in the miraculous, see healings, miracles, signs and wonders in your ministry. Come and celebrate 25 incredible years that have seen Christ Faith Tabernacle spread across the globe, meeting dignitaries and changing nations. You are healed right now in the name of Jesus by the blood of the risen Lord. Let them see Jesus shine through your life like never before. And you are bulletproof as long as you are walking under the covering of the Almighty. You got to know that God has set you apart special. God is very, very smart in every little thing. The Christ Faith Tabernacle Silver Jubilee. Leadership training daily. Power Miracle Nights every evening from 7 p.m. And the official dedication of the incredible CFT Cathedral Woolwich on Sunday, March the 1st at 4 p.m. The venue, CFT Cathedral, 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE 18, 6NL. Visit cftchurches.org or call 020-8316-2332. Um, what I was sharing with you before we went to the satanic Revelations chapter 12 somebody read from verse 1 to 6 please I want not, not new, new international version because you have the version pastor already is an update I want the old international version or King James version so that we can yes everybody read that scripture please one two six yes who has found it i want an eloquent reader excuse me everybody read your bible up what is happening Version, you must have NIV or you have real King James. If you don't have those two, be careful. Anything you have, you must read those two to really understand. Because there are some late versions that they have, in trying to be contemporary, they lost the meaning of words. You get it now? Yes, Pastor. What I want us to see here is this. Anything that God gives back to. Satan goes out to destroy. On earth, anything God gives back to, Satan goes out to destroy. On earth. Now let's look at that. Revelations chapter 12, from verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, and the moon under her feet, and upon the head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, traveling in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. And he still drew the the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. 
And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a a thousand two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and the dragons fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon... Verse 6. Up to 6, sir. 1 to 6. Oh. I was already in 9. <laughs> now, those of you who have been in Bible college or you have read theology out of interest, we recognize... The consensus believe about this. The woman is the church. And in those of you who were in the Bible school here, women were teaching you revelations. And the son is Christ. When Jesus was to be born, Satan went after Jesus Christ. And when the church was born, Satan went after the church. But the Bible says, you know, the earth opened his mouth and swallowed up the torrent of the enemy so that the enemy could not overcome the church. But the church is in the wilderness until the day of rapture. Therefore, every one of you that God has sent must ready, be ready for battle. Satan will come after you. But having said that, we know that the battle has been won. So, because the battle has been won, therefore, that is the reason why the only weapon Satan uses against us is deception. Now, in 10 minutes, I will cover more on this issue of satanic operations, and then we'll go into the finances. If you look at the book of Matthew that we were reading, Jesus spoke about deception in verse 24, uh, chapter 24, verse 4. And in verse 9, Jesus said, Then you will be handed over to, the, to be persecuted and to be put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. I think we in England and in the Western world have suffered this and we understand it very well. But those who are in Africa are now catching up to it. Because in Africa, like Nigeria, Cameroon, all over the place, formerly, the persecution of Christians was hidden from the knowledge of the mainstream. But these days, they have killed in Nigeria over 13,000 people for the sake of Jesus Christ. The issue called jihad is war against Christians. That's all. The real meaning of jihad is kill all Christians and kill all Jews. And we know that Jesus said it, that we will be killed. In, in, in Europe, almost every law that is made in Europe for the past 10, 15 years is made to attack the Bible. I can speak about this as a clergyman and I can speak about this as a law student. The most senseless laws have been passed in England in the past three years. 
those that have no sense. But of, of course, we will recognize that behind the law is an attack against biblical principle. Because the Bible says this, so some people rose up. And one of the things that is, that is amazing to me is that we have a Christian parliament in England. In quotes, majority of English people are Christians as professed. But yet, they voted against the Bible and legislated sin. The reason is because Jesus says, we will be persecuted and be put to death. Christians have not been, the killing of Christians has not been brought to limelight uh, for years, which has been happening until very recently. That this ISIS and Boko Haram began and all stuff like that. I watched a video where the Boko Haram of Nigeria, they filed Nigerian Christians that they, they, they caught. And they, I can give all of you the video. And they put them to the ground before a, a pit, tied their hands to the back, and they used their leg to hold their head, and they slaughtered them. I saw it. And after slaughtering them, poured their blood out, they pushed them into the mass grave, and they were doing that to them. But Jesus said that we'll be killed. Okay? In England, you can speak against Jesus. You speak against Islam. You are a dead man. In England, Muslims have more rights than Christians in expressing their religion. If Nigerians say that, oh, it's not in Nigeria, I tell you that you don't know Nigeria. Nigeria does not have the name of Jesus mentioned in their constitution. The name of Allah is mentioned there at least six times. In the constitution of Nigeria, by law, Nigeria has Sharia law, Islamic law, as part of Nigeria constitution to govern some region of Nigeria. Nigeria does not have Christian laws to govern any region. Nigeria had been under the rule of Islam. For years, all the president of Nigeria knew it. Nigeria is a registered member of OIC. We are registered as an Islamic nation. We are Islamic nation by definition. Now, you will be wondering that, but we have biggest men of God on earth in Nigeria. Why can't they do something? The fact is that Jesus said, you will be hated by all men. I will together now. So Nigeria is a time bomb, just waiting for explosion. All what they have seen in Nigeria now is just scratching the the periphery. Islam is still coming to Nigeria like a sledgehammer over the head of everybody. And this is the reason why one of the things, one of my passion this year, and uh, for the rest of my life, is that God should just permit me one year in Nigeria. That's one of my passion. I need to ruffle feathers in that country. I need to call it speedy speed. And my passion begins from confronting those who are supposedly spiritual fathers of the land. I need to expose Pandora's boxes. Somebody needs to confront healers who believe they can kill anybody and get away. The government of Nigeria is not the problem. It's the church of Nigeria that is a problem. Some of the church in the group have become an abomination before God. But they are celebrated. So if you look at it, Jesus said it. 
you'll be hated by all men. Number three. It says in verse 10, at that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. If you look at this, America, Nigeria, they are the main leading nations in Christianity in the whole world. Such a hatred among them. Even in England, a lot of divisions. The church of God is suffering what Jesus said here. Many are betraying the Lord. Many people that God had blessed are using the blessing to fight with the kingdom of God. They use their position to oppress the younger one. And those they could not oppress who submit to them, they mislead them. Now, it says in verse 11, and many false prophets will appear and deceive many. They are appearing and they are deceiving many. If you look at the church, we need to really pray. The two nations that God wants to use to save the world, Satan had crept into them and ruled over them. Is America and Nigeria. Especially that country called Nigeria. Nigeria has the wealth to solve all the economic crisis of black race. Nigeria has more oil than Saudi Arabia. Nigeria has the most minerals. All the minerals in Africa put together, they are, they are lesser than what you find in Nigeria alone. Nigeria has more minerals. There's a state in Nigeria, they just want metal, you find minerals. Gold is there, silver is there, gems, you know, precious stones are there. And in black race, Nigeria has the largest number of educated men and women among black race. They have the brain. Nigeria pray more than any nation under heaven. And Nigeria suffer more than any nation under heaven. Why should this be? A blessed people, zealous people, but suffer. Jesus said it. Persecution will arise and the love of many will go cold. Many, many false prophets will arise. Verse 12 says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. If you look at it now, the love of many for God had gone cold. People love money. A lot of young people who come to ministry, they just thought it is a means of making money. That's why many of them come to ministry. And the church account is not different from pastor's account. If a minister spends the church account for his own personal use and he's not salaried he will answer before God because it's God's money a minister should spend God's money for God's work a minister should earn salary so that he is different from the church a minister must pay tax to his country because Jesus said pay tax to Caesar because it belongs to Caesar. If a minister just spend the church money because he says, I don't earn salary, then he will be, according to Malachi 2, a thief before God. But you see, the issue is that all these things happen because the love of many have deviated from the Lord. 
and the love of many has was God. You have leadership too, who still hope by joy and all those things. It's because they have no more love for God. Things that are heartless happen in the church, which cannot happen in the world. And then if you go further, how Jesus said all this, he talked about wars and rumors of war. I don't want to talk about that because those are signs of the end. But I'm talking about the church. But at the end of this, Jesus ended in verse 14 and says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony. And this is the stop point for you and I. From now until we finish this seminar, that is what we concentrate on. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached. Now I want you to begin to have a different view that if what God said about nations is happening, what God said about the devil is happening, what God said about how the devil will invade the church is happening, how many will fall away is happening, perilous time is happening, what is not happening is the gospel. If let me look at various nations. Take Nigeria for instance. All those God called in Nigeria, they concentrate on the south all their years. Okay? Those who rise up in the north, those who have become monstrously wealthy in the south, did not have an inclination that they need to use their wealth to raise people who dare to go to that region. So that they will pump the money they made in the south to build those people. Maybe because they are not the name of their church. Maybe because they are not part of their clique. Okay. And that region can only be evangelized by those who dare it. Many, their faith has not gone to the level of risking their lives as in their understanding. But if we look at, because... The South has sat over the world and they have become a type of Laodicean church, extremely wealthy. Satan began to take over the North. Now, Satan is engrafted in the bone marrows of the North. Okay. To evangelize that part now will take more pain than they will have taken if they have funded that region. Alright? Look at us in London. All of us that got sent to England stayed in London. The witches and the wizards are building covens in Canterbury, in Worthing, in Inverness. They are spreading. Satan took over they said, okay, let's leave London for them. They left London. They, they took over. There was a time that witches were having a meeting. Somebody was in the tube going. And some people, you know, shouting and, you know, rejoicing and stuff. And I said, you guys, tell me what's making you guys happy. Oh, they said we are witches in London. You know, witches in England are not like African witches. They, they will write here, I am a witch on their chest. And at the back, I'm a wizard. And they are accepted in the community. 
If you are a witch, what is the problem that you can't say you are a witch? After all, a Christian say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again and stuff. And they write their own stuff. Uh, Muslims say that I shall have Akbar. And then witches also, they have freedom to express themselves. I love a country like that. I love it. So that we know it's paid, it's a spade. Witches won't come to church in England and be saying that uh, I am one of you. No, he will tell you at your door. I am a witch, can I come in? Oh, yes. Whereas in Nigeria, they will put on white gun and begin to shake like you. And when you are speaking, they will be mimicking their mouth. It's not so here. Here, this is what I am. Take it or leave it. But these witches were going and they asked him, why are you rejoicing? Oh, they said they have, the Christians have spoiled London with their prayers. And we couldn't operate again in London. And this guy is a Christian. Said, oh, tell me more of it. So, where are you going now? They said, we are going to Paris. To hold that meeting. So, because Christians are London, they are going out to northern England. They are going out to villages in England. They are going to Paris. But this gospel of the kingdom should be preached. Not just in London. If we are not careful, by the time you wake up, the Christians wake up here, Satan will have so much engrafted in the fabrics of England. It will take us greater pain. Really now it is because our laws have been changed overnight. There are some things I can teach you here. I have been invited on the national radio all the time. When there is issue about homosexuals and Christians, I'm the black minister they always call on live radio. One of the days they called me on live radio, somebody was on the radio who called himself the king of gays. And he's a Jew. The world king of gays. Then they brought another minister who is a minister, a reverend, who is a gay. And they now said to me that, uh, yeah, Apostle Williams, the guy first said to me that, you know, I've told these guys that you are hot, you know, off record. He says that you're going to talk to your brothers, they are gays. <laughs> and he said, one of your brothers is a Jew, is a brother of Jesus. And the other one is a clergyman like yourself. He says, so get ready, I put you online. And he connected us. And they were asking questions. Which is the general view of England? Can someone be a gay and not be a Christian? Gay is an attitude. Jesus, have mercy and grace. Certainly, a gay should be a Christian. Now you even have gay ministers. What is your view about that, Apostle Williams? And we began to talk the word. I know what gays believe, and I know the scriptures they use to deceive. So the first thing I ask is, the one who says, the brother of Jesus Christ, you are very welcome to the commonwealth of heaven. You are the king of gays. Okay, I welcome you. The other one, you are a clergyman. You are the uh, instructor of the word. Good. If you tell them about Romans chapter, chapter 2, they will say that it is subjective. I said to the clergyman, you are gay? He said, yes. I said, okay, when God created the heavens and... I said, do you believe in Genesis? He said, yes. I said, when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created all animals and he created man, and, and who did he create? The moderator said, a woman. I said, did God create man and man? He said, no. He said, I don't believe in the whole Genesis. 
Okay. I want to have the understanding of their reasoning. I told them that uh, end of discussion, I said to the moderator and the listeners globally, can you have a carpenter who doesn't believe in the hammer? Can you have a medical doctor who does not believe in stethoscope? Can you have an electrician who does not believe in screwdrivers? So if you have a clergyman who does not believe in the first chapter of the Bible, which is the basis of all the scripture, I said I want to submit that he is a non-professional in the field of Bible and unqualified to discuss this matter. And the man said, that's the end of it. He said, say something. <laughs> this man is talking sense. If you are a clergyman, you should believe the whole Bible. But the man said, well, the Bible does not say that homosexual will go to hell. I said, can you read to this man, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9. Do not be deceived. These ones will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Neither the homosexual offender. The man said, is he a homosexual offender? I said, yes, I'm reading the Bible now. It says, homosexual offender is in the Bible. He said, they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Then they asked him, did you read that before? He said, yes. I said, okay, somebody who will not enter the kingdom of heaven, can he be a lecturer for the kingdom of heaven? Not impossible. But you see, what I'm saying here is this. Not the argument, but where are we when Satan took over our parliament? If we have preached to them, they will have been born again. If we have gone to England and went to all the villages preaching the gospel like their forefathers did to us in Africa. They never stayed in comfort place. Some of them went to villages and died of mosquito bites. Preaching Jesus. When are we going to wake up to the consciousness that rapture can happen this year? As it is happening in Nigeria, in Africa, in Egypt, and the rest of it, it's happening in England, it's happening in Europe, it's happening in America. The same thing in America. Our gospel must change. Can I help you with this just for two minutes? One of the ministers who was very, very noted in, the, in this world, I listened to his tape one day and he said that Jesus Christ only came to free the kingdom. And in his own definition, he said, Christians are not to preach about the cross, but they're supposed to preach about the kingdom. They're not supposed to preach about resurrection, but it's just about the kingdom. They're not supposed to preach about the death of Jesus Christ. Now, and many people followed him. Really, he was celebrated globally as one of the most orators and the best speakers under heaven. He died, but when he died, I came to recognize him because I listened to his tape after his death. And I regretted I did not hear him in his lifetime because I would have sat him down personally. The gospel is not about money. The gospel is not about how well you are. The gospel is not about healing. It's not about deliverance. It's not about demonology. It is about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Take him out of the gospel. There's no good news. There's no good news. If the Bible says, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world, 
Now, let me now zero down to your local parish. How do we get the world? It is by getting one man at a time. I want you to get this clear. You know, sometimes we have this matter of doing big meetings and winning many souls in crusade, which is good. But if you look at the obedience to this instruction came by 120 people locking up themselves in one room and praying for 50 days. All right? What were they praying? The promise, bring it to pass. The promise, bring it to pass. Let me say this to you when you go back to your churches. Raise men and women in your churches who have the passion to pray. Let them start praying about division. People who can will before God. People whose business will be nothing more than praying. The vision God has given to the pastor must be fulfilled. This vision must be fulfilled. People who will pray day and night. When the 50, the 120 prayed to 50 days, Holy Spirit came down. Travelling prayer with birth manifestation of visions. Listen to me. We are too cosmetic. <coughs> we must stop it. If you look at them thereafter, Jesus said to them the principle, Tarry ye in Jerusalem until you are endowed in power. A young church that is just started must not go to church planting. A baby that is still sucking milk cannot conceive and give birth. Build that base you are to maturity. So that when you spread out, you have men and women fully equipped to handle it. But, commit yourself to the spreading of the gospel. Let our church members know, you are looking for crowd? Don't. Look for one man a month. Let me give you the predicate that I tell the church all the time. If there are 12 people in the house, and each one of them vow to God that they will win one soul a month. By the end of the year, they will have one forty-four people. Twelve times twelve at the minimum. So a, a, 12 of, a church of twelve this year, by the end of the year, can be one forty-four. If one forty-four people decided that every month they will win one soul. And they don't go for many souls. They go and target one person until they get him saved and bring him to church. It means that every day, every month, you will have 144 converts. I want a mathematician to calculate for me now. Second month is how many? 288. Third month, 1,000. 1,728 in the second year. So a church of 12 people in three years can become 1,700. You only need 12 disciples who can replicate themselves accordingly. 
Do you know that you may fast for 40 days and 40 nights? It doesn't, it doesn't impress God. If one person goes out to win souls and you are on the mountain fasting for 40 days, that person who wins souls has pleased God and you who with empty belly are fasting. So if we go to the first principles, therefore, we recognize the first thing is discipleship. But now when people begin to come into the church and the church begins to grow, then we need to move into the next level. And the next level is this. For a growing church to thrive, for a growing church to thrive, there must be a structure in place. We're going to go on break shortly, and then I will take you through a good church structure. There is a diagram that I have here that I want to go on your, on your, on your stage. You know, when you start a, a new church, there are many things that, you, that don't come to consideration. Starting a new church, all that is in your heart is prayer, going out, prayer, going out, prayer, going out, teaching the world. But when you have 50 people, you are still one family. When the people become 100, something begins to happen. If you don't have a good structure, as they come, they go. I've had a pastor told me before that there is a spirit. He saw a vision. His spirit was standing at the back of the church and he opened the door so that as people are coming in from the front, they are going back the door. There is no such spirit. It does not exist. Let me give you three pillars. Say after me, a praying church is a strong church. A praying church is a strong church. A word church is a powerful church. No. A praying church is a powerful church. A word church is a strong church. A family caring church is a growing church. Prayer, power. Word, strength. Care, growth. If you build the church that pray, they will be very powerful. But they won't have strength. They can fall into temptation. Easily. When the tribulation will come, they can fail. But if you also teach the word, they will be so strong. In this situation of tide, they will stand firm. It is the word that gives you the strength. But it is your care. That grows your church. When we come back, I will help you to recognize this. There are two arms to church establishments. You have the spiritual arm and you have the administrative arm. Under the spiritual arm, you have intercessors, you have the choir, you have the ushers, you have all the department you have in church according to your vision they are defined the technical team the video team the publication team 
and all manners of sin. Here we have the Joannas, we have the, the Susannas. The Susannas are people that uh, mommy set up who are married women with experience. And they will counsel those who want to marry. Okay? As we are counseling them, their own duty is to look at their marriage dates, what they need, what they don't need, what they have not done, what they should do. Why we are spiritually counseling them? To make sure that their day is glorious. Those she calls Susannas. We have the Joannas, who are the ladies that you will see, some of them standing around, apart from the ushers. When we do our dinner, you will see their hands. They are the ones who set the table, who will make us happy in the dinner. They will serve the weight on us. It will have costed this church a lot of money to go get them. They are the ones who attend to ministers and stuff like that. We have the protocol who are for security in the church. You meet them from the door and you see them standing around the church. You know, when we took offering, those of you who were there yesterday, you see, those who carried the offering were going to the front. Two men followed them at the back. When they got to the front to pray, as the offering people were facing the altar, the two men were facing the people with their eyes opened. They don't close their eyes. Their job is not spiritual there. It is to make sure that these people who are taking the offering, who have gone in the spirit, are being washed over. <laughs> because you can have a situation, some guys will come in, they will wrestle your, your offering man, and they've gone. Holy Spirit will do nothing. Angels will not act, because it is the territory of man. You have, they will escort those people to the place where they will, they will put the money together, they don't touch the money. They watch them as they do the money. In place where we count our money, we have camera watching all those who are counting money. So that nobody can be tempted by the devil to steal money. He will be caught by camera. Are you with me now? And when they count our money, according to law, we have three people. One counts, one verifies, and one approves it. And the three of them must sign accurately that we counted into this bank 10,000 pounds, 100 pence, and it is correct. As they count our money, they bank it right on the spot. Okay? Having banked it on the spot, the person who will carry the money to the bank is different. Who will come in, take it from the boat, and take it to the bank. I'm talking about spiritual. All that will happen during service are all spiritual. Um, but having said that, you also have the administrative arm in church. Administrative arm, they are the ones that work in the office. As it is that if you are not qualified, you cannot be employed for spiritual service, administrative arm is stricter. You have to be qualified in whatever you are employed to do to be able to do them. Administrative arm are the one who will bank the money. For administrative arm, all the people who came in the church who are visitors on Sunday, administrative arm on Monday will put the paper together and they will write letters to them. Okay? 
and they will co- coordinate their operation with the spiritual arm to make sure that apostles said any visitor must be followed up by three sex segments in the church in the first week. They are the ones who will write letters to the people and say to them, thank you for coming, which came from the apostle or the resident pastor. You know, you will expect these people to call you during the week. Hope you have been blessed by the meeting. And those people from the same day, they took the, they got the form, they called them, you know, talked to the people. If you don't do that, you and your church will remain as you are till Jesus comes. Because the fact is that someone came to my church yesterday, and today, and two days, he received a letter from me. Wow! The pastor sent me a letter. Then, while he was thinking of that in the morning, in the, uh, the same day he came, somebody had called him. Now, you came to church today, you know, uh, I'm sure you enjoyed the church. And when they called them in administration, you teach your member, they called somebody, Hello! How are you, sister? They mentioned the name. So that the person feels welcome. And then they introduce themselves. I am Dickens such and such from Christ with Tabernacle Church or brother such and such from this church. Alright? Before they tell them that, you know, we are calling because we saw that you came to church today. I'm sure you were blessed. You enjoyed yourself and stuff like that. And intimate themselves with them. If they had a prayer request by the second day or third day, the group who is in the prayer, we call them we are praying for you. When the pastor or the apostle will call them, you will be able to ask them, what about Joseph, which they wrote there is their own child? How is he faring? If within one week, three people called a visitor who came to church, and the third one is saying to him that, oh, well, we live around your area. We have a home group here. Or how will you feel I come to pick you up next Sunday? That person will come to church. Satan have no problem, no business in stopping people from coming into the church. No. It's your structure. The administrative arm. What about the area of budgeting? You, can, you should run a church without debt by cutting your coat according to your size. I think our time is up now. When we come back, I will take you through budgeting. You know, many people always think that church is just collect offering and go. You will run into, into debt. You have people management under your administration. For you pastors, I will give you my printout on this. You have people management. You have financial management. All right? And you have planning. Your people management is on the follow-up and all stuff like that, evaluating at the end of the month, knowing how many people came to the church, who have remained in the church, who have not remained in the church. That, that team was solid. You have financial management, which is involved in this month, how, many, how much did our light bill cost us? How much did our telephone bill cost us? How much did we spend last month? This month, last year, how much did we spend? Is it the same? Have we spent more? Why have we spent more? And all stuff like that. And we look at various areas of spending. And then you can now understand how you now do budgeting. This church for 25 years is never in debt. This church for 25 years is never in debt. 
really when we were going to buy this building. This building costed us five million. Five point five million, sorry. When we are going to buy this building, when I phoned the bank manager, approval was granted on phone. For five million, it is not so in England. Many people want to buy a building of five hundred thousand. They will go through several stories. Okay? A go a pastor is a director of the church. The members are the trustees. Because of that, all duties of a director is expected of a pastor. And it is the pastor who decides how money is spent, to what should money be spent. And because of that, he is responsible to God and to his trustees or members, let me say. Put trustees aside, his members. Not because you'll be questioned, but because now we are here now, my members are happy. We promised the building. During the promise, some left. Because the promise took a time. And some said that the apostle is lying. All the money we are contributing for you for the building. Where is the building? And so they left. Because when we are, I will teach you this too. When we are doing the building, I will show you my administrative diagram, how I operate. The core operation of this church is between seven of us. And it doesn't go out of that seven. It cannot. Okay? Fathers don't tell their children the plans they have. They only bring to their children the results. Because sometimes when you tell your children your, your, what you are going through in your plan, they will, they will just have hypertension. They will be asking, how are you coping? And you don't want to hear such statements when you are focused on getting something. The least thing you want to hear when you are about to get something is for someone to say any statement that could discourage your, can cast a doubt into your intention. So, the people you work with are the only people who you say go, they go. We say we are jumping from this height to the ground. They, are saying, they will ask you, tell us when. They won't say, how can we? Those are the people you gather around yourself. If you say we are running, they will ask you how far. And whatever you say far you are going, they won't say to you that can that be possible. The word can is not part of your vocabulary. We are going, we are going, we are getting, we are getting. And we are going to look at this in the administrative section. Would you like to be part of a vibrant church in the midst of beautiful, awe-inspiring surroundings? Christ Faith Tabernacle at the CFT Cathedral Woolwich is now open for all. Apostle Alfred Williams, apostolic leader to churches around the globe, warmly invites you to come and be part of this incredible move of God. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London. In our beautiful, recently refurbished cathedral, we are seeing miracles happen, people healed, needs are met, lives are transformed. The Word of God is preached with power through Apostle Alfred Williams. I wanted to know this, that there is a God in heaven who has sent his son Jesus Christ and by him, anyone who believes in him carry the very authority of God which, with which he created the heavens and the earth. Jesus said, freely you receive and freely give. I want to say this to you, stop going around to people, kneel down where you are. 
talk to the God who created the heavens and the earth in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and you will receive your miracle now. And be sure not to miss our two life-changing events, Overcomers Night Vigil, Hear the Voice of God, Receive Life-Changing Teaching, Be Lifted Through Dynamic Worship. Become an Overcomer on the last Friday of every month at 7pm. And also come and celebrate with us at our exciting monthly Victory Nights. Receive your breakthrough. Be empowered to win. Come and claim your victory on the first, second and third day of every month. Whatever age, nationality or background you are from, there is something very special for you at the Christ Faith Tabernacle Cathedral Woolwich. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., 186 Power Street, Woolwich, London, SE18 6NL.